0: Welcome back to Almost Good. So I'm still thinking about ghosts along the lines of last week's episode. Last week I remarked how ghosts are always about trauma and how it's actually a good thing, or at least an important and useful thing, that ghosts continue to haunt us. I think that good stories about ghosts are about walking that line between living in denial about unquiet spirits and letting them destroy you. You've got to acknowledge the ghost, you've got to live with the ghost, but you can't let yourself get carried away. In keeping with this continued meditation on ghosts, the subject of this episode is the 2014 film The Woman in Black 2. I really, really enjoyed the first movie, and I recall being super excited to see the second one. Um, I saw it like a super late showing, and there was only a handful of people in the theater. And these three people in front of me just talked the entire time like conversing at full volume, and they kept doing it all the way through the whole movie, even though I kept shushing them. And as we were leaving, one of the women looked back at me, and she sort of insincerely apologized. And I said, what the hell, though? Like, why did you keep talking? That was so rude. And she just shrugged, and she was like, we were scared. Uh, Her response remains mysterious to me. Like, why go see a horror movie if you need to deal with fear by talking? Like, why not wait until it's streaming so that you don't disturb a bunch of strangers sitting around you? But also, the movie just isn't that scary. And they talked over the really long stretches of the film that were pretty quiet and boring, so her story doesn't really hold water, and I think they were just super self-important and inconsiderate. Anyway, please don't talk during movies. Um, but also, I very recently rewatched watched Woman in Black 2 in preparation for this episode, and while I do think that those initial observations still hold true, that the movie isn't that scary and that parts of it drag, I actually found that I appreciated the film more rather than less on a second viewing. I actually like this movie a lot, despite its flaws, which I'll get to in a little bit more detail. But regardless of how I feel about it, this movie has one star on Netflix, and it seems like it was a total flop in general. Everyone seems to hate it, and I think that I understand why. Um, A large part of it, I think, is the exact same reason why I liked it more on the second viewing. The first movie is this really simple and really scary ghost story. And so, of course, everybody, including me, expected more of the same from the second movie. But instead of ramping up the scares, the sequel has the audacity to try and tell an actual compelling story. And I think most horror audiences just weren't ready for that. They don't care about women and their woman pain. They just want to see a spooky ghost kill some kids. When I rewatched the movie, of course I already knew what to expect, so without any kind of disappointment to taint the experience of it, um, the really good aspects of it really stood out. Uh, It's not quite as beautiful visually as the first film, but it is pretty, and it seemed well shot to me. The acting is good, especially where it really counts, which is to say that I really like the lead actress, and I also think that the kid playing Edward did a really good job. As I think about it, Edward is a little bit of a subversion of that creepy child trope that I hate so much. He's eerily blank and silent, but that's because he watched his entire family get killed right in front of him. It messed him up, so of course he's going to act weird. But he also has this little bit of spunk and personality, like just enough to make you care about what happens to him. The really good thing about this movie is the story, and as you can tell, that's going to be kind of a running theme on this show. What makes a lot of almost good movies salvageable is the fact that they tell straightforward and compelling stories. The Woman in Black 2 is about trauma, like all ghost stories, and specifically it's about a woman processing her guilt and reclaiming a part of herself that she was afraid she had lost. She had a baby when she was young and unmarried, and the state forced her to give it up for adoption, and even though she looked for her child for a little while, she eventually gave up and moved on. She feels guilty about letting her child go, and implicitly she worries that she's somehow given up on ever being a mother or being able to nurture any child. I think it's fabulous, honestly, that when they went to make a sequel to The Woman in Black, they obviously put a lot of thought into the narrative. As a protagonist, Eve isn't just sympathetic, she also fits neatly into the film's little universe. Uh, Her own experience is really similar to Janet's, the ghost's, and so she expresses sympathy with Janet, and then by proxy, the audience has a renewed sense of sympathy or empathy with her as well. We're reminded that the ghost is the lingering echo of a specific injustice. Janet is the monster, but she was also victimized. Overcoming her means learning to walk that line that I talked about. The film has a very firm grasp of its own message. You remember injustice and harm because you don't want to repeat it, but you don't let yourself fall into despair over the fact that bad things have happened and that they do happen. While I was rewatching the movie, one of my friends pointed out that the Eel Marsh house and the island that it's on create a kind of space that's like purgatory. Uh, when you're there, you're in this liminal state where you're neither fully alive nor dead. And the ghost is that voice inside you that's hounding you with guilt and helplessness and aimless rage. And you have a choice. You can let the ghost drive you toward despair and toward death, or you can forgive yourself and choose to live and move forward. So that's all wonderful, and I love it. And the film falls short in just a few little ways that could have been fixed with a final pass at the script, I think. Like, I say that like I know how to make a movie, but my whole shtick is that I'm just some doofus. Um, but anyway, some parts of the film just don't add to the story at all and could be totally cut out. Um, the bits with the old blind guy are really confusing and unnecessary. Um, you could have just had Eve find the letter hidden in the house, and I don't think we could would have lost anything there. And honestly, get rid of the hetero love interest guy. Like, just lose him. It won't kill you to have a movie about a single young woman where she doesn't fall for a guy. I kind of appreciate the fact that he dies in the end, but then again, that's also kind of like, that That makes the moral of his story really fucked up. Like it sort of comes off as if we're supposed to agree that he was a coward for saving himself when his plane crashed and that the manly thing to do is to like die for no reason. And that's not right. Also, I can't totally ignore the fact that this movie fails to deliver the scares. The first movie was pretty scary. Like you were always peering into the shadows on the screen, and this movie should have at least maintained that level of spookiness. Also, this is going to make me sound like a serial killer or something, but they needed to imperil more children. Not necessarily kill more children, but definitely make the audience and the protagonist worry that we're going to see a whole lot of kids get killed. That's Janet's thing, right? She kills kids. She does it to make their caregivers experience the pain that she felt having her own son taken from her. In this movie, there's a whole class of schoolchildren ready to attempt her wrath. And as it is, she just kind of half-heartedly picks off a couple of them, and the climax focuses entirely on Edward. I think Edward is important enough to Eve's story that he should be kept in as is, but the climax should have played out way more like, well, climactically. The fake-out that kicks it off is really good. Eve has this line where she's told that Edward has been killed, where she says something like, that can't be it. That's not enough of a punishment to just kill him like that. And that's great, that's Eve realizing that she has to play out this kind of psychodrama with the ghost. It should get way bigger from there, though. So let's say that the fake-out of Edward's death draws Eve and the headmistress away from the class entirely, and when they go back, all the kids, including but not exclusively Edward, are under Janet's thrall and are facing some kind of imminent death. And then Eve has to save all of them. A crucial aspect of the climax is the fact that all of these kids have experienced very fresh and very extreme trauma, The period setting of the Blitz is vital, it's not just incidental. And that's why, in context, Janet can control them. Janet represents all of the overwhelming thoughts and emotions that make even young kids feel like they just want to give up. So we've had that exchange toward the beginning of the film, where Edward writes that his mother used to tell him that you have to fight bad thoughts with good thoughts. And the way the callback to that plays out in the film as is, it just falls a little bit flat. I think you could really beef it up with a scenario where all the kids are imperiled. So let's say that Eve is at her wit's end, her breaking point, and she calls out to the kids that the ghost feeds on bad thoughts, or that she's made of bad thoughts, and that you fight her with good thoughts. Bad things happen, and the world is ugly and it's painful, but it isn't only ugly and painful. Things will get better. And we get a moment out of that where Edward finally speaks for the first time, and he speaks to the ghost that's looming over him and his classmates, and he just quietly says, no. 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 He won't despair. He won't give up. And he starts comforting the other kids. He says, you don't have to listen to her. They've all watched their homes get bombed. They've watched family members die. But they can still choose to live and to carry on. You can't erase the bad things that happen. But the good things don't get erased either. Bad things happen. So do good things. You can only find out what comes next if you stick around. So in summation, The Woman in Black 2 is not a bad film don't believe the reviews. It's very nearly a great film. You just need to nix the heterosexuality and endanger more children. Like so many things in life, right? Thanks again for listening.